is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, Michigan into the NCAA tournament as an 11 seed. Before we talk about their matchup with Colorado State, first, man, what was your reaction to seeing them get in? I, I know we were kind of uh, hanging on there, not really sure what would happen, but to see them get in, avoid the first four matchups, uh, I mean, I, I thought that was about as good of a draw as you could have hoped for at that point. Yeah, so I kind of have an interesting story of finding out. I spent the weekend in Detroit uh, with my wife, and we went to a Pistons game on Sunday. And actually, the game got around, you know, maybe 5.35, walked to, to get some food. Um, and I knew that, you know, everything was going to be announced at 6. But because of that nervous energy I had after the loss to Indiana, and I was confident they'd get in, pretty confident it'd be a play-in game. And I just, honestly, I got in, in the Jeep, and I started driving back to to where we live. And about halfway through, I finally had to be like, hey, like, you know, give it to me. Like, that's when I was ready to know. I think it was probably <laughs> 6.55 at that point. That's when I was ready to know, you know, am I going to be sad? Am I going to be annoyed? And when I, you know, uh, found out that it was, you know, the 11 seed uh, against the Colorado State team uh, that, you know, is, is a beatable team, though. The the, the favorite in, in, the, in the seed sense is a number six seed. Uh, and then saw that it was in Indianapolis. You know, I guess my reaction, though very delayed compared to most on Twitter and, and all the other, you know, social media platforms, very, very pleased with with uh, this first matchup, I'd say. What was like, give me the play-by-play. Are you driving while this is happening? Yeah, so basically I knew that The Athletic would um, push a notification to my phone. Oh. So I kind of like, I you know, plugged phones plugged into CarPlay, kind of, you know, raised the phone, saw that they were in, and then kind of passed it off to, to get some of the details. Uh, so, you know, still not the not the safest approach, but it, it hit me. I, I saw the time. I was like, I can't, like, I can't wait another 45 minutes until I get home. Uh, no. I need to, I need to know right now. The, the, the safer thing to do would have been to just, you know, look at 6.30 before I took off. I don't even know what time it was actually announced. You'd have to tell me, like, was it? Were they earlier in the, in the uh, show? Were they mid to late? Like man, how delayed was 6.55 when I found out myself? I think, I can't give you a time, but I think Michigan, that that region was the second one they went through on CBS and they were like moving through them. There wasn't a whole lot of delay. It was like go through a region, commercial break, region, commercial break, that kind of thing. Okay. So, you know, I missed it by 20, 20 minutes or so. It probably sounds. Yeah. If you've seen Indiana fans, I mean, they were upset. Yeah. So that's, you know, <laughs> just the, the and we'll, we'll talk about this a lot, I'm sure. Just the reactions. I, I think that was, you know, sometimes you get lost in, you know, when you see it on TV, you know, you have that excitement. You go, like, I go right to Twitter, uh, see what oh, everybody's yeah. saying, you know, including opposing fans and you know, other Big Ten schools, you know, schools like Indiana. Uh, Texas A&M's, you know, that, a, a team that didn't get in. Um, but, you know, again, I, I saw, kind of had that, like, sigh of relief, finished the drive, took my time unpacking from the weekend, you know, and then kind of sat down, turned on uh, maybe CBS Sports Network, 
to, to look at some of the tourney stuff, you know, to hear about the rest of the bracket. Cause you know, keep in mind, I, I didn't know anything about the rest of the bracket. You know, I could have guessed the one seeds and such, yeah. but I was able to kind of see the rest of the bracket and then see all of the reactions, you know, probably about an hour, hour and a half after, you know, most of the reactions came through. So I, I used into it and you know what? I, I feel like in the future, I, I've usually been a, you know, 6 PM glued to the TV until I see my team in. I think I could be a little bit more casual with, with selection Sunday, knowing that like, you know, you can only control the controllables and that's not a situation I can control. Uh, and now I just get to enjoy basketball in general, you know, favorite time of the year, uh, always usually falls around my birthday, which makes that extra exciting. And, you know, I, I do get to watch a up and down Michigan team compete as the underdog, uh, at least again, in terms of seed, but Hey, hopefully we'll get one win. Uh, and have something positive to talk about next week. It's for me, like I'm not surprised that people looked at Michigan as an 11 seed, avoiding a play in game thinking like, Oh crap. How did Michigan do that? Cause as we know, you look at their record and on its face, you're like, uh, no, that isn't an NCAA tournament team. You get a little deeper into the resume. And I don't think anybody is like arguing Michigan shouldn't be a tournament team. But there is a fair argument that like the the committee you know really saw something in Michigan that I I think not a lot of other people saw um, at least the you know the people who dominate Twitter I guess so what I don't need to happen is like for Michigan to get swamped by Colorado State like a fifteen to twenty point loss and everybody can say look I told you so this team was not good enough to just uh, get into the tournament as an 11 seed they at least should have had to play their way in like indiana and notre dame are doing i i I don't need that to happen like i want michigan even if it's going to be lost like like uh, well i don't even know if you can do it with a loss you might have to win actually i don't know what do you think like in terms of perception of michigan like do they actually need to win this game to to get rid of that uh perception of them not being a deserving team in this spot i think so but i i don't know it's weird, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag in, in terms of what people feel. You've got people picking experts, you know, quote-unquote experts, picking Colorado State. You've got plenty of people picking what, you know, would be considered a, an easy upset, knowing that this is a, you know, a, a good team uh, and a tough matchup for really about anybody in college basketball and their good nights. And so I think winning this game is is a must in the, in the in the national sense, like, you know, prove that you deserve to get in. But then I think it's like the classic Jim Harbaugh uh, you know, stuff of like, well, you know, you're supposed to be the Colorado State who hasn't been in the tournament in 10 years, like, you know, beat Tennessee or whoever's next. Um, you know, Long I think wood. that's, I think that's a, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a, a mixed bag. I think that, you know, you, you obviously uh, look better if you, you make it past, you know, that first matchup, especially as an 11 seed, you know, a team last year like UCLA that knocked Michigan State and Michigan out of the tournament made a huge run. Uh, to the finals as a as a, an 11 seed, so uh, they have a chance. Uh, but yeah, I think winning this first game probably will relieve some of that. Hey, they shouldn't be in because if you if you drop this game, even though you're the you know you quote unquote underdog, uh, yeah, I don't think that looks good, and I think that really kind of helps that national narrative that I don't think either of us were expecting at the scale we've seen it at least. Yeah, Michigan and Colorado State kick off the tournament at 12-15 on Thursday. This is the second Thursday in a row that Michigan has played smack in the middle of a work day. And I was able to watch pretty much the whole Michigan-IU game from the Big Ten tournament on my phone sitting at my desk. 
Um, I plan on doing basically the same thing with Colorado State, but the the environment at work, and I, I don't need to like say this, I guess, but like it's too different. I am extremely uncomfortable watching a Michigan game anywhere other than like my house or with family, you know, something like that. Watching it at work on my phone with like one earbud in and I'm also like kind of paying attention to email, making sure nobody needs me. It's a real pain if I got to get up from my desk and you're kind of like hiding it a little bit. At least I am like that. That adds layers of stress on top of it's already the NCAA tournament. And I, I hats off to people who, who can do this uh, more gracefully than I can. I just, man, this is a little too stressful for me. I've got a unique situation. Last year, uh, my team and another team on the campus I work at got together kind of potluck style. This year, we're doing it both days. And of course, that first day, like you said, uh, Michigan's kind of kicking the tournament off. So uh, I, I'm i a little bit, I handle, handle the situation a little bit more gracefully than you might, you know, what you're describing when I do have to, to uh, watch at work. Uh, I think I also kind of created this understanding like, hey, count me out if my team's playing. Uh, found a way to professionally do that, I guess. Uh, but I've got a weird situation this year where parties getting started, people are having fun, wanting to talk. And I'd essentially say in the most respectful way, I'm watching with a bunch of casuals. And I am not a casual, and I really care about the result at 12.15 or, or what would be around 2.15 on Thursday uh, afternoon. So I think we both have unique environments. And, and I'd say there's probably plenty of people who will be in similar situations. You know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, people who may not be able to watch the game. I would love to watch the game. So fortunate to be able to to tune in. And yeah, I, I just think anxiety wise, man, I'm I'm probably right there with you and, and and uncomfortable in that sense. Okay, Derek, looking at Colorado State here, uh, it's an 11-6 matchup. Looking at Ken Palm, like looking like a coin flip game uh ken palm's got colorado state by one but literally 50 percent is is what the that site gives anyway michigan to win or lose so what about colorado state uh do you think michigan has to worry about or or do you think they have something to take advantage of there what do you see I think the the biggest thing is they are a lot more consistent than Michigan is. You know, we, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, I think even probably sent a couple of screenshots at some points of like just the up down, the like the literal win loss back and forth for what like twenty games now for Michigan. Uh, Colorado State's you know season looks a lot different than that, and I think just their ability to to play at their pace uh, and kind of you know just present more of a consistent feel on the basketball court is really going to help. You know, they have a couple of notable players, but they don't have a Hunter Dickinson. And I think, I think the reason this becomes the easy, you know, upset pick, uh, at least in terms of the tournament, is you look at, you know, Michigan, the, the conference they play in, the wins they have, and, and the star power they have, uh, at least the potential of a Caleb Houston and a Musa Diabate who can be really dominant on, on a night they choose to, or a Hunter Dickinson, who's, you know, consistently giving you 18 plus a game and is, you know, essentially unguardable at times in the post. But I think Colorado State is going to try to play things at their own pace. Uh, I don't think they'll have an answer for Hunter Dickinson, but, you know, Michigan's been suspect defensively multiple times this season. I think that Colorado State will definitely look to exploit that. 
Yeah, Colorado State, the first thing I notice is a lack of size. Um, and, and I don't know if this is necessarily something Michigan with Hunter Dickinson and even Moose Diabate is going to be able to like really exploit. But it looks like it's on the table. Now, I know um, where where you sacrifice something, you, you gain something on the other end. And, and so I, d- I don't want to like sit here and, and be so naive to think, well, you know, Michigan's just going to toss this thing into Hunter Dickinson and he's going to go for 35 and 15 or anything like that. But in terms of like getting your offense settled down, finding what's worked best this season, we know that it, it, it starts with Hunter Dickinson and when he is able to either go to work himself or he's able to become more of like a facilitator, a distributor um, from wherever he is on the court, I, I think that's Michigan's best opportunity just in general, regardless of the matchup. And when I look at a team like Colorado State, you know, maybe that's where Michigan's going to be able to find their success. But like you mentioned, like Michigan has not been a consistent team, whereas Colorado State has. So it. I can also see this being a very frustrating games because, you know, maybe Colorado State's the kind of team that's just going to like, uh, you know, they're going to hit the shots they're supposed to hit and Michigan's not. And you're just going to be like, oh, like white knuckling it through the whole thing. Like, why is this my team? But if Michigan is able to find a way to kind of make Hunter Dickinson the centerpiece and, and if Colorado State isn't able to adjust or or whatever adjustments they make, um, you know, Michigan eventually finds a way to get past them. Like that'd be great. And I, I think that's probably the key uh, for Michigan offensively anyway. Yeah. I think, you know, going off that you have to have more than Hunter Dickinson. Um, this feels like a game and, and, and almost to speak into the, you know, the size difference. Uh, it feels like, you know, the, the mid majors, you know, the underdogs in the tournament every year that do win games, you know, they're probably all undersized compared to the, you know, the, the, the big programs, uh, but always find ways to win. This feels like a game where some scrappy backup, you know, post player for Colorado State finds a way to, you know, limit Hunter Dickinson's effectiveness or, you know, they do something to get Hunter Dickinson in foul trouble because you know that they're going to find ways to try to get him, you know, essentially out of the game or a Musa Diabate who's so explosive but, you know, so susceptible to, to fouls. Devontae Jones, I'm sure they have a ton of tape. You know, how can you make Devontae Jones the uncomfortable feeling Devontae Jones and not the Devontae Jones as of late, who's looked like a star? Um, you know, it's got to be much more than Hunter Dickinson. And what will be the most frustrating is that game where Colorado State hits the right shots and Michigan hits nothing. You know, that's the worst way to lose in general, but especially in the NCAA tournament. I think that there's kind of this expectation, uh, even with half of, of the people in the media and, and other fan bases uh, feeling like Michigan maybe didn't deserve at least the, the non-play-in opportunity. I think a lot of people saw them as a as a play-in team, maybe in a spot like a Rutgers or Indiana's in. Uh, but they're a number 11 seed and get to play on that first day, open things up. Uh, again, we talked about this earlier, but I think if they win, it's like, well, you know, you didn't really face the, the toughest six seed. And if you lose, you know, you're going to get the, they shouldn't have been in the tournament. But I think regardless, Michigan has a, a great chance to win this game. I think, you know, that's the reason it's 50-50. I think that's pretty favorable uh, considering an 11-6 matchup. Though, you know, we know that 12-5, 11-6, uh, even 14-3 in, in some years 
there's always going to be the upsets. It's weird to call this one an upset, but you know this is a team that uh, you know was essentially uh, not sure of their status of the NCAA tournament. I think they felt confident they were going to get in, but you know I saw Devonte Jones say you know they really didn't know what the outcome was going to be, and you know that reaction of them being excited uh, and making the tournament, and having a chance, and probably being excited about you know uh, the opponent that they they will face. I think these guys will, will be ready. It's been one heck of an up and down season for Michigan. You know, a ton of things happened that maybe we didn't, you know, ever expect to happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're in the NCAA tournament, and these are the games that count. Uh, Michigan's got a sweet 16 streak on the line, uh, looking to, to continue to be one of the winningest uh, basketball programs in the NCAA tournament in the last several years. Now, not to dwell too much on the loss to Indiana, but – one of the glaring things from that game is that Kobe Bufkin didn't get in. Um, I, I think Terrence Williams played like seven minutes-ish. I don't think it got over ten, um, especially in the case of Terrence Williams. Like That's a guy who offensively gave you a needed spark down the stretch. It was really surprising to not see him in more. And then Kobe Bufkin, I know we can't base everything off of one shot against Ohio State but beyond that uh, he seemed like a legitimate contributor to that team and he was nowhere to be found I, I mean it was Juwan Howard's first game back and so like who knows what you blame it on necessarily but like it seems like Michigan's gotta have one of those guys or somebody else off the bench giving them a spark because I mean we can just kind of face it and say Michigan like isn't necessarily a great team, right? So I mean, no, no problem saying that. So, but when that's the case, like you need somebody like Terrence Williams who comes in and knocks down three or four threes, or Kobe Bufkin, who uh, is able to you know play really aggressively and athletically and also hit shots. Like you need some of that. So I was surprised to not see those guys get more minutes against Indiana. Are you worried? that uh, the, the the rotation tightens up again against Colorado State? I have a little bit of a different opinion on um, okay. kind of what took place against Indiana. Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to look back when you blow a lead and, and look at who didn't get the minutes or get the run or have the opportunity for the big moments like they did late in the season. I think it was a question that everybody had even around halftime of like, hey, you know, where are some of these guys that we've seen make some big plays? But I think for the most part, for what, you know, 30 minutes of that game, things were working well. The game plan was working. Where I became frustrated and, and where it becomes easy to be like, you know, where was Terrence Williams or, you know, where was Kobe Bufkin, uh, you know, at all? Uh, I think what happens is you, you kind of start pointing fingers in a loss. And, and rightfully so, that was a really bad way to lose. That was a really bad loss. But for me, you know, I'm just more frustrated with it felt like things got out of control and you know, Juwan Howard still stuck to the plan, like hoping they could hold Indiana off, hoping that, you know, what they were doing would allow Michigan to stay in it uh, or pull back within when it got out of reach there for at the end. And so that's what's a frustrating and worrisome thing to me is Michigan's response to a more physical uh, Indiana team that just wanted it more and was literally playing like their season was on the line was very disappointing. And so I don't care who's out there or not out there at that point. I think that is a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a, uh, you know, uh, get 
uh, break out of some of the rust from from not coaching five games, or if it's just you know Juwan Howard and the coaching staff being stubborn and and hoping that the guys out there uh, can be trusted to, to keep this thing going. But yeah, moving forward, you've got to find whoever you can to to light a spark in the tournament uh, because now it is do or die. I mean, you don't get a second chance. Uh, there's nothing you're waiting for after this except for the next season to start. So if you want to win a game, you've got to have the the best players out there and in every game in the NCAA tournament, even if you get that 10-point lead or you're down 10 points, crazy things happen in March, crazy things happen in the NCAA tournament. Michigan could be very comfortable in the second half, and then all of a sudden see a Colorado State team come surging back and ultimately win the game like we saw them uh, sell Indiana do in the Big Ten tournament. So I just don't want to see that again because anytime you choke away a win in general, it's probably the most frustrating but to stick with a plan that obviously stopped working at some point was the most frustrating part to me. All right. Uh, one last thing before we give our picks for how far Michigan's going to go in this tournament. Speaking of things that will be frustrating to see, you know, Indiana uh, played very physically in that second half. I, I mean, they were just, like you said, a team that were they played like it looked like their season depended on it, which it did. Um Michigan did not look ready for the moment. Like the moment was too big for everybody. And that's a really worrisome thing to recognize in your team before you start playing in the NCAA tournament. So hopefully that was just a glitch in the system and it's not actually a feature of the team. But when I saw that, when I recognized it, I was like, holy crap, it can't be March and there's a moment that looks too big for your team. You you have to have a core group of guys and I believe Juwan Howard you know has faith in in a core group of guys and that certainly includes Eli Brooks but like you can't be a team that looks like you just got caught in a moment that was too big for you absolutely not not in March no yeah I think you know when I look at uh this team uh in this season it's been you know probably the most unpredictable basketball season or even Michigan sports season I can think of. You know, I think the two and four Jim Harbaugh season was the only thing that was more of a what in the world is going on situation. Uh, you know, this is a this is a team that's been through a lot. You know, you you had your head coach suspended for the final five games of the season. You had a couple of players suspended. Hunter Dickinson missed two big games. They had shortages because of COVID, where they had no bench. Uh, but they've also you know played some some great teams. Uh, got throttled by a couple of good teams beat a couple of good teams and, and played a lot of tournament teams, you know, even in the non-conference schedule. And I think for everything that's happened this season, uh, I just kind of go back to what Devontae Jones said, you know, they're, they're happy they're in. They truly didn't know uh, what what was going to happen, uh, though they were hopeful that, to make the tournament. And I think it just kind of said is, you know, all we need is an opportunity. Uh, and I think that this team has the ability to make the most out of it. It's just such a question mark of, of how – they will look uh, if the moment will be too big for them. Uh, you know, I look at what happened in the Big Ten tournament as a disappointment. Like I see many parts of the season being a disappointment for for not only fans but for players and coaches involved, uh, especially with the drama with the Jawan Howard suspension stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, there's talented players on this team, uh, and they've had a lot of things to grow through together. And hopefully, they can make some sort of run. Uh, and I do have the confidence that they have the right players and coaches to do that. You know, again, this isn't a, you know, isn't the number one team that we've seen in the past, but this is a team that's, uh, you know, been to the tournament in, in multiple uh, years, you know, under two different coaches now. 
Uh, and Jawan Howard has an opportunity to do what a UCLA did last year uh, and kind of run through the tournament after having an up-and-down season. So if they can put it together, uh, this is the time to do it and hopefully get a couple of wins uh, and make another appearance in the Sweet 16. All right, in the South region, Michigan, obviously Colorado State is first up. Should they win that? You're looking at the winner of Tennessee and uh, Longwood, the Longwood Lancers. Uh, shout out Longwood. They'll play laugh, right after. That'll be the matchup. It'll be 11 <laughs> Michigan and 14 Longwood because there's always an 11-14 matchup. <laughs> okay. I mean, I hope so. I hope so. I, I don't want to stop talking about Longwood for a while. Um, th- and then, you know, from there, Villanova's the two seed on that side of the bracket. Uh, I mean, I, do you see Michigan? For, first of all, I, there's there's two questions. What What is Michigan's ceiling and how far do they actually go? I think Michigan can make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, if you were to go ceiling, like everything is clicking and multiple players are playing well, I think you could see a rematch with Arizona in the Elite Eight. Uh, and I think Arizona would dominate Michigan probably yet again. Uh, Arizona has some question marks. You know, they're a very young team. Uh, but I think, you know, there's a lot of good teams you're going to face on the way. Uh, you know, Colorado State being the first one, likely a Tennessee Uh, being a team that, you know, has had, you know, a little bit of up and down this season, but a lot of up. Uh, That's why they're a three seed. You've got Villanova, who Michigan's run into in the past uh, in in a game that, you know, it's hard to talk about um, in a a loss that's hard to talk about in a championship game. Uh, You've got a, you know, a potential matchup with the Loyola Chicago. You've got Ohio State in the bracket, uh, who Michigan split with. You got Illinois up top. I think their, their best case scenario is an Elite Eight appearance. I think a sweet 16 is realistic. You just have to play, you know, good enough to, to beat a team you should be able to beat and then play outstanding to, to beat a better team. Uh, but, yeah, I think likely uh, and what where most people will have them is, is winning this first matchup, which would be considered an upset, and then probably getting bounced in the second round. I agree with everything. I mean, you're right. If, if absolutely everything works out and maybe you still need a couple breaks maybe Michigan makes an Elite Eight run. But I think the more likely realistic ceiling is Sweet 16, but I'm not confident Michigan's going to beat Colorado State, and I certainly wouldn't be confident in the second-round matchup against Tennessee or even Longwood. You know, should they pull that 14-3 upset? Um, I would be intrigued at the Michigan-Ohio State matchup down the road. I would also be intrigued with Michigan-Villanova. Um, I, I think none of those things will ultimately come to pass and uh, we'll you know I I my prediction is like next week when we're doing this we'll be putting a bow on Michigan season rather than you know talking about a a great couple games and what's ahead in in the sweet 16 and can Michigan do the unthinkable I don't think we'll be talking about any of that yeah it's it's tough to it's tough to see or really just have any confidence in Michigan with <laughs> with the up and down. Like it's yeah. it's one of those, you know, it's in tournament time you always kind of go with, you know, your heart at some point. Um this is really truly a season where you would be dumb putting them in the final four. Uh because there's just so much that would have to go their way. But again, you know, I use UCLA as an example, a team that had to play in uh against Michigan State to make it. Uh they took care of a, a BYU again, not a you know, not a small program, but pretty similar to a Colorado State. 
Um, got to avoid a number three Texas who lost to an uh, Abilene Christian. So that was the classic 11 14. Uh, they ran into a, uh, I think, an Alabama team that was, you know, probably seated higher than they should have been. Uh, and then ultimately uh, had that matchup with number one Michigan. And it was a very low scoring game where Franz Wagner had a chance to, to get the go ahead bucket at the end. Uh, and then, yeah, marched all the way uh, to to, uh, to a, a game in the final four where you lost to, to the Zags. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, that's the ultimate ceiling it, it is a team like UCLA uh, last year as the example. But the reality is, is Michigan is, is just not consistent and no one can pick that with confidence. I think you can see uh, a Sweet 16 run and you can see them get bounced from the Sweet 16 and probably be really happy with the result of the season. Yeah, Especially absolutely. considering if you look at the record, like you said, uh, a casual or someone from another conference is like, how in the world did they make it? But yeah, if you get bounced in the first game, that stinks. That that's tough. No matter if you're uh, the 11 seed or the six seed or even a one seed. Uh, if you you know lose to a Tennessee, uh, maybe expected. But I'm gonna probably put them in the Sweet 16 uh, and feel pretty confident with that. You know, full well knowing, like you said, we'll likely be putting a bow on the end of the season uh, <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, well, no matter what we're talking about next week, we will come back. And um, I don't know. I just hope we're able to like be mildly positive and optimistic about the way things went to to end this season so you know Michigan's been like alternating wins and losses for a month or whatever now Um, their last game they lost so to keep to that trend you got to win one and then to really keep to the trend you got to get bounced in the second game on Saturday so we'll we'll see what happens in either way we'll just come back talk about it pour our hearts out so until then take care out there and go blue go blue